0: Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance.
1: Now let's start the
0: show. show. Step down.
1: Ladies
2: and gentlemen, the CO
1: Hello, all. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Uh, we are joined now by Gotaguchi Q. Hey. And the Rizzler, a.k.a. me. Um, how are y'all doing? It's been a couple weeks. Q, it looks like you are in a new cell block. Um, I don't know if this is gen pop or solitary confinement. Tell us about your new living arrangements.
2: I'm the fucking warden. Um, I'm in a fucking bunker in Austin, Texas with Alex Jones. Don't ask me any questions.
1: Okay, that's fair. And in Gato, it looks like you are... Um, Sanitarium. Coming- Coming live from a garage somewhere in Utah. Very excited to see you there.
0: Yep. Um, I was at the Salt Lakes earlier, swimming around in salt. It was really fun.
1: Riveting stuff here, fellas. Yep, 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 yep. And And Q, you are a uh, back-to-back COVID survivor. Love that for you. <laughs> um, I'm Two-time survivor
2: yeah this, this was the third this was the third time twice this month by the way um and actually the last time we recorded I was dealing with a pretty nasty like my throat really hurt and then that next morning is when I realized I had COVID again I, just, a- I had just recovered from COVID like two weeks before that And then I felt I couldn't get out of bed the next morning. And then I realized like I took a test and it blew up.
0: So yeah, twice this month. True or false, you just upgraded your phone to a 5G phone. Black helicopters.
1: Big time black helicopters. No, I did not. That was that
0: was the
2: safe word. (laughs)
0: That's
2: my that's my code work. I turned into the fucking Manchurian candidate. Um, I don't recommend anyone get COVID twice in a month. It is not fun. The entire month of January, I don't even remember what happened because all while trying to move.
1: It's it's
0: been an experience
1: this month. Not ideal. Not so ideal, no, as they would no, say.
0: No. So the landlords hate him because uh <laughs> he gave them COVID on the first day. Yeah. And, I,
2: and I'm still <laughs> and I'm still coughing. This is
1: an day, absolute you know. walking petri dish right now. Oh my god. Well you know, excited
0: you look to, uh, like you have a bit of jaundice right now i think it's yeah lighting, you, you look ill. it's the lighting but yeah thank you yeah nice job well,
1: lighting it's exciting that we're all back together now because there's been a lot that's happened over the last couple of weeks um we're gonna dive into a number of things there's been some coaching changes there's also been some folks that have been left out of the cycle um some surprising names, actually, from Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, and we'll also talk a little bit about like what's that conundrum that's going to happen with the the quarterbacks that are going in the draft. There's also been a extremely hot take on one particular quarterback, and there are some folks within the NFL community that are pretty high on him. But we're going to talk about that. But first and foremost, we are going to have a dialogue about the Super Bowl. Fellas, are you bricked up for this Super Bowl? Are you excited? Are you not excited? Are you looking forward to a 2020 rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers where all they brought was sadness and COVID after this on a scale of 1 to 10? How jazzed are we for this game?
2: pretty jazzed honestly i know we've talked about this you guys are not sharing my sentiments um i think people i think we tend to get a little bit lulled into like boredom because of how good people are and because how good mahomes has been but like this is his chance for what his third super bowl ring and he's like not even 30 years old yet um i i think and by the way the chiefs are dogs in this game which i don't really understand that's dumb um don't
0: I don't I don't the book yeah
2: right now I, at all <laughs> I don't I don't understand it because I mean you know the 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 Chiefs run defense is certainly a, a gonna be a problem for McCaffrey. like they're gonna have to deal with McCaffrey but like I I think overall like structure wise the Chiefs match up pretty well with them um gonna be a big Travis Kelsey game for sure. But like I don't understand how like Mahomes is an underdog, but like I like that element kind of into it as well. The Brock Purdy narrative—I I mean, I don't—I don't hate it. Um, it's not ideal. I wanted—I wanted a different matchup, obviously. But like I'm—I'm I'm pretty into it. Okay. Yeah, I—I I think,
0: you know, the the lack of satisfaction that we had from their previous matchup, and I think just the fear that we're creeping into like another dynasty mode after going through patriot's tenure um is just creating a residency on us that yeah you know we we're placing a lot less interest into it and it feels like every time vegas now hosts one of these super events like everyone's downing on it i i don't know why that is i i think that's just because there are some people out there that are really pissed that Vegas is now too expensive for them to go like do their Super Bowl thing that they do every year, you know, and that's probably driving some of the hate there. But um, I, I, I think just people aren't that excited about it because there was a real opportunity here to see like some different matchups like Q had mentioned, right? We could have had, we could have had, Detroit versus Buffalo Bills and like I think everyone would have been really on board to see somebody walk away with their first Super Bowl win right but instead yeah. we we have the usual suspects right these were kind of the teams that at the beginning of the year people said yeah they're likely to end up again in the Super Bowl the 49ers were front runners right from the get-go right I mean right yeah if- it's the number one seeds going against each other it's like
1: yeah. Yeah, parody. I think what? that's my frustration with it in the sense that like we've seen this before, but the alternatives sounded so much more enticing, you know, like mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen a Lions Ravens Super Bowl. I think that mm-hmm. could have been a lot of fun with Lamar getting there with Dan Campbell and that whole squad getting there too. I think that could have been fun. Bills obviously would have been fun as well. It's just, and again, like I also need to temper my temper my own expectations here. But I think the thing that bums me out the most, and I, I want to be careful what I say here, because I think it's an incredible feat what the Chiefs have been able to do, is that as soon as they got in the playoffs, they dog-walked everybody. Like, mm-hmm. that's the frustrating thing for me, is that the teams that they played beat themselves – Yeah. And like the Dolphins game was wild because they just, there was no sense of urgency in that game. The Ravens game, Todd Munkin just like said, fuck it. We're not going to like do any of the things that made us successful throughout the regular season. And it was just really frustrating to watch that happen. And, the Lions game where Dan Campbell's like, wait, we can kick a field goal and tie it right now. <laughs> Don't want to even do that. So, and, and again, uh, like I need to be Dan, mindful. Dan Campbell, man. I need after to be, we, yeah.
2: I, after we talked about Dan Campbell being a little too risky, he does it again. It's yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I need to be mindful about like saying that the chiefs and the 49ers let other teams beat themselves because I think there's also a level of these are also really talented teams and do a great job and they have good coaches there too but like
0: yeah.
1: it just seems so easy for the Chiefs to get in like the teams that they played just fucking melted in front of them
0: I I wouldn't say that necessarily with the bills I mean think how many points did they put up I mean I think do, that was the only hard game that they played that game I think was that was is awesome. the only one that was a good one. I mean we got to give both teams credit there. I think I can't I can't shade the bills for their effort and you know the fact that the Chiefs do this thing. I think and here's the, here's the thing is that you're right Tom. These two were not the winners of the play of of the 2024 playoffs. Uh they were the survivors of the 2024 playoffs, yeah. right? And so I think that's what's kind of lame about it is like it, But at the same time, if you think about it, that is probably the best mentality anyone could have in playoffs. It's about survival. It's not necessarily about having the flashy play because that's a rare chance. It's about just staying close and making the play where it counts. That six inches here or there, that one decision in that split second equates to getting you here and you survive that way <laughs> uh yeah got a now. Gucci when I was uh, the last time we talked about boars head by the way
1: oh um
0: we need a boars head rant. I, I've need- been
1: having I've been having the conversation with the locals around here and I think I'm finally getting them into a franchise but
0: Tom, I, what 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 delhi what Boars head delicatessens represent each team in this matchup for you that's my question.
1: Hmm. I think no, the 49ers. No
0: or the
2: like
1: actual products. The cured meat. Secured. That's what you're referring to, right?
0: For good goods. Yes. From Boar's Head. You know. Are Niners pastrami I, or is that. No,
1: no, that's way too like flashy for them. Um, I, they are a flashy team, though.
2: I would say the Chiefs are the Honey Maple Turkey, just consistently good.
1: Yeah, whenever Mm -hmm. you open that bag, you know exactly what you're going to get from them. Yeah, yeah. I would say that um, the the 49ers are more of like a Monterey Jack cheese. Mm -hmm. There's a little spice in there every now and again, but more often than not, it's a little creamy. It's a fantastic cheese to eat solo, to have paired with a different meat or just throw on a sandwich. Melts fantastic. Like, it really... It's a really complementary kind of soft cheese that frankly we need more of in our lives. I, I don't think we probably need not more, in our diets, but you know, life. not yeah. more sleep, not more fiber, not more pr- pr- like
0: plums and prunes or whatever the fuck. Yeah, n- it was we don't need more plums. On we before. definitely don't need
1: more fucking prunes. <laughs> and we just it was, need it was to a plum. Have, I think we all just need a healthy for the record. Half pound of Monterey Jack cheese a day and we'll all start feeling better. Can we get Fauci on here to confirm that? I think, I think that, he could verify it for us. Yeah. So, <laughs> fellas, let's do it like this. Give me a couple of keys to victory for both teams, but who is the visitor in this game technically? It's
2: mm, a good
1: question. I will have to look that up. Um,
2: Casey's the home team.
1: Okay, so let's start with the 49ers. What are the keys to victory for them?
2: rock purdy. See, I, I think it's McCaffrey. The Chiefs are only vulnerable really one way, and it's on the ground. So if I'm them, I'm using Debo Samuel because they play a lot of too high as well, mm-hmm. the Chiefs. So I think, like, a guy like Debo kind of crushes that. So I think running McCaffrey early and often and trying to find Debo on some underneath stuff is, like, going to be their bread and butter the entire game. Don't put it in Purdy's hands.
0: Don't, like, you got McCaffrey for a reason. Let him him cook. So the reason I say Brock Purdy is not because he's the key to the victory as much as he's the key to their defeat. Oh, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) and his playing well and and i feel like here's here's the thing people are shading brock purdy and i've shaded brock purdy quite a bit he does do some really great things um as a quarterback and even last week i think a key or not last week but the week before one of the keys to their victory was his ability to scramble and do something that he's not really used to doing and that's moving out of the pocket making you know getting getting time and letting a play develop and he was able to do that well because in times where he's kind of sat back and not thrown on his mark because he's kind of like a guy who throws on his exact mark um, he's gotten in trouble and i feel like the 49ers are a very fragile ecosystem they are one like Catastrophic injury away, or um, one piece of their system breaks down, even in the slightest, and everything goes haywire for them. Whereas it's quite the opposite for the Chiefs, which is kind of why I I think Chiefs win this one inevitably. Um, kind of a spoiler to our predictions later on, but thanks, uh, Scotty, oh,
1: you ruined the whole show.
0: Yeah, All right, <laughs> just, just but uh, for for consistency, Brock Purdy is going to be put in positions where he's going to have to make plays to extend um drives and you know he needs to maintain a certain level of um competitiveness throughout this game and i think i think he can do it um so much as you know he is able to actually make smart decisions in those moments and when when it isn't on the mark to ad lib a play doing that in the right manner, whether that's scrambling or what, you know. Yeah. I think people
2: like I think Purdy gets like there's been a lot of hate on Purdy and mm-hmm. like everybody kind of talks about the
0: we gotta tone it down.
2: The Cam Newton thing. And like I don't think what Cam Newton said was anything that crazy. He he was right by the way. That like Purdy's a game manager, but like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Who said being a game manager is a bad thing? Like it's just the style of quarterback you are. There are guys like Mahomes and Allen that are like game wreckers and that can do it all. And there are guys I think you mentioned Dak Prescott as well that are like they kind of run the ship. They're mm-hmm. like point guards, right? They're not going to wow you but like they're like kind of like rajon rondo remember rondo on those celtics teams like he would finish with eight points but he had 14 assists and you know five steals and everything like that like to act like he wasn't a primary component is crazy like he's just saying like that's who they are they're not they're gonna win you the game on their backs but like they can still you can still win a super bowl with them
1: clearly yeah you is can it, be really successful just being good at your job. Yeah,
2: Like, like they they keep everything in line. They're composers
0: essentially. Like I don't think I don't, I think people get a little crazy it, with it. Is it just that though? Is my question because I think part of this and this will lead us into another later conversation about draft. I think part of it is is the the draft. Right? <laughs> and because he He's a seventh round quarterback. People expect him not to
1: be able to perform.
2: Mr. Irrelevant. Last
1: draft. Yeah. I want to get to um, some of the thoughts that I have for the 49ers, and both of them live on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Keys to victory for the 49ers are Steve Wilkes the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, is he going to be able to scheme something that holds, um, Travis Kelsey in a position where he is limited, but also is he going to be able to take away some of the other things that the chiefs do really well? I mean, Patrick Mahomes being able to avoid, um, pressure, being able to throw the big ball to MVS. I think those are the things that Wilkes is responsible for providing a scheme that is going to be able to create pressure, but also keep a lot of that big play ability down. And that sounds like a really, really hard job, but he's also had a couple weeks to look at it and he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. All of that being said. And the second key is one that is a little close to my heart, and that is Chase Young. And the reason why I say Chase Young is because ever since he got drafted, or he got traded to the 49ers, he's been real, real irrelevant. Like, not even a factor in a lot of games. And Nick Bosa has had to carry a lot of the weight and water for this team. And... Eric Armstead has also been there. Randy Gregory has played a lot too, which you wouldn't necessarily think. And I think this is a game where Chase Young really needs to figure it out, man. Like this Did you is a see game that
2: play I shared where he like basically jogs the entire way.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and I'm gonna be honest, like that is a pretty common. <clears throat> thing to like if there's a lot of film of him just kind of like.
0: Close enough
1: enough to a play where if he closed properly, he could probably be involved in it, but far enough away where he's not going to put in max effort. And this is a game where you kind of have to show up. And if, you know, one side of that defensive line is operable and the other side is just kind of there. Like I even noticed there were a number of times during this playoff run where he wasn't even on the field in big, big situations and like my guy like you're in a contract year you were brought in you said a lot of things when you got to san francisco like this team knows how to win and the culture's great like dog you gotta like hold up your end of the bargain now because they brought you in to be a game wrecker and so far all you've done is look pretty average
2: yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he like I don't know if he even has it in him at this point to be like a contributing factor. Like and like but that's the good thing about the 49ers that they have so many guys on that team they don't really need you know him to really be at his best. But that I mean that one play though was significant. Very was telling, in, right? Yeah, I mean it was in the red zone and like he if he put even a tiny bit of effort, he would have slowed the guy down. And it wasn't a touchdown, I think he got down to like the two, but like would have stopped it way behind the line of scrimmage. I, I agree with you on Wilkes. Um, I don't know if there's anything because tight ends have killed the 49ers. So yeah. like, this is gonna be a Kelsey game for the Chiefs. Like, and I mean, let's be real, like, who else do they really have?
0: Um, they're gonna See, have to wait Tony Pine. Apparently everybody everybody, fine? <laughs> everybody though is clicking now, right? Like that was one of the other things. It almost felt like we got fleeced coming into the playoffs because like Mahomes is connecting with people again, like Valdez Scantling had a, you know, had a good game. Um, Riche
1: Rice has played really well, too.
0: Rice has really stepped up in the last couple of weeks. He was one of the more consistent players, I think, through the year. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, they have to actually respect the pass game and not just double team Kelsey or, you know, account for him the entire game. They have to keep an eye on everyone again.
2: I I look at Kelsey though the way that they use him in that offense. I kind of just look at it though, and I say like, you can scheme whatever you want. A lot of times,
0: it feels like it doesn't really matter. Like he's gonna get his plant down the middle, and it's just above (laughs) every DB's head. Like that's it. Yeah, he's the only one that can bring it down. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, a lot of the the catches that he's had in the playoffs are kind of just like him standing there on his own. Like, how are you? How are you just letting guys like? lose their concentration from him. Like you should have one person on him all the time, like be in his fucking back pocket. And then there's just throws where there's like nobody around him, like 10 yards in every direction. I'm like, what but are that's, doing here?
0: that's I think that's a twofold effect of how good Patrick Mahomes is at, uh, allowing time to create a play. Right. And him and Kelsey have just been doing this for so long that, okay the play doesn't go as designed we're gonna freestyle Kelsey's gonna run around for a while I'm gonna scramble and we'll make this play happen right like because now your defender has to defend you and it's just it's not feasible for someone someone's sub size of Kelsey to stay on him that entire time as he scrambles and makes you know weird um cuts to you know freestyle and opportunity here I think that's yeah. that
2: yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's gonna matter what he does, honestly. It just it just doesn't seem like it's gonna be one of those things. Like I think Kelsey's gonna eat. I also think that on the other end, McCaffrey and, and Debo are gonna have big games. So um I think I think regardless of anything, this is just gonna be I don't I actually am will say my hot take is that this is not gonna be a high scoring game. You like, think it's gonna be close? I think it's going to be somewhat close. I don't know what the spread is right now. Um, Doesn't matter anyway. uh, You know, I've already kind of said that. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, But I like, I don't think either team scores over 20 points.
1: Really?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those
1: games. Gambling Gato, that's what they call him. He's already (laughs) looking it up. Gambling Gato.
2: We love gambling gado, don't we folks?
1: Yeah, he's in he's in Vegas. He knows what's <laughs> up. He's over there just spending his money. No, I mean
0: <laughs> Gambling guy.
1: That's what they call him. All right. Well, if, if that's the case, let's move on to the Predictions. Chiefs. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, because we we haven't talked about the Chiefs keys to winning, so yeah, I cool. will snake us back around. I think Isaiah Pacheco is a guy that's going to have a big game. Like, he's been like on the cusp of big games throughout the in- the playoffs and he always seems to have either like a really big run or a touchdown when it matters the most. Yeah. And I hate the way he runs so much because it gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> but if I was a fan of the Chiefs or I was on that team, I would be all about it. I would love that shit. I'd yeah. eat it up. And
2: he, he's he got a he's got he's definitely got a unique style. It's like, um, it, You know it is who he
1: reminds angry. me of?
2: Mary do You remember Marion Barber? Did we just become best friends?
1: Brains? Brains? Brains?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I literally, when you said that, when you said that, I literally thought of Marion Barber because yeah. like he may not last long in this league because Marion mm-hmm. Barber didn't, but like, goddamn, that angry. Mad at running, the ground, like, yeah, man. running like a bull in a china shop. So, I appreciate that. I appreciate that energy. Oh yeah, for sure. He's a he's a Jersey kid, so yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, he's a Rutgers guy. Like, yeah. they, they can't find parking, and you're upset when you get to class. <laughs> but who is your um? Who's your prediction, or who's your your key to victory for them?
2: For the Chiefs, yeah. I mean, I you know said it before, I'll say it again. It's Travis Kelsey. I mean, like I, the the entire year. The Chiefs have been kind of laying in wait, you know, and it's like they've been saying that they're no good because they don't have anybody. Oh, They don't have any receivers and they really don't. I mean, like I like Rashi Rice a lot, but like he's not ready to be a number one X receiver in this league. He's he's going to be there eventually, but um, not for a team that's this, you know, deep into a run. So they're, they're going to lean on who they know, know most. I, the only thing I think that Pacheco is going to run into is that that defensive line for the 49ers is fucking nasty. Yeah. So it's it, – it and if the Niners sk- strike first, which is always potential, do they fear that they can't lean on the ground game? And do they feel like maybe try and up the tempo a little bit, which would mean less of like just running Pacheco up the middle and trying to – Trying to hit other people in stride, I think I think Kelsey is going to be the engine here. I think they're going to mm-hmm. go after him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got double like double digit targets and double digit catches. Wouldn't shock me one bit.
1: Yeah, got him. Who you got?
0: I think it's it's Steve Spagnolo.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's been more bag. about that.
2: He's been in, he's been in
0: his bag lately. He's. Uh... The Chief, can I lose? It's that crappy uh motel wi fi. There we go. What did you guys hear? <laughs> Steve Spagnola, Steve Spagnola. Okay, I think he's he's clearly the um, I think he's honestly the MVP of these playoffs for the Chiefs in a lot of ways because he's made that defense pretty effective, minus obviously the Bills game. Um, but Uh, he's, he's just been in his bag these last couple of weeks. And if he can dial in on the 49ers number, yeah. Like cue your prediction of a low scoring, uh, Bowl. It's, it's on the back of Steve Spagnola having a shutdown defense. And, you know, I, I think we all can say like Legereus Sneed has just been fucking feasting. He's He's been locked down. Yeah, and um, if they can if they can handle McCaffrey appropriately, keep him, you know, make it difficult for him to get his big plays. He's gonna have them. That's there's no doubt. But you know, if they can if they can cause the if they can cause him to be short on third downs, if they can they can bring it to because um, I, I forget the statistic, but I believe they're not that great on third and fourth downs their numbers are middling at best yeah so um you know if they can create those situations and speak steve is up to the test we we're we're looking at you know a victory for the for the chiefs here so
1: that being said um because it we both for both teams we have the defensive coordinator like highlighted as a key to victory I love watching George Karloftis play. Like that dude is just in a ideal place all the time, just doing something that really changes the game. If I were to get a second choice, he would be my, he would be my guy too. So I've gone defense for both teams and defensive ends for both teams. I just, he reminds me of um who is the former Chiefs defensive end who went to the Vikings after that? that Allen. Reminds me a little bit of him. Yeah.
2: Like it's the it's the motor. It's you know, it's that like the timeliness. Like yeah, the non stop. Yeah. I I I, I like Carl Loftus too. I liked him coming out of Purdue. Um he 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 definitely struck me as a guy who's gonna be like you know the type of guy he is. He's not gonna. Be, he's not gonna be a 15-20 sack guy, but he will be a consistent threat. But he's also good against the run too. He's good. He's good run setter, and he's also a good edge rusher. Um, he's. He's definitely. He's definitely gonna make an impact, and like they need it because like their their DBs have been really good. Their linebackers have been really good, but they don't really have anybody else on the defensive line that's been like super consistent for them. Um,
1: Chris Jones has been very spiky.
2: Yeah, weirdly enough, he also like been kind of dealing with some nagging injuries too. So it's like, um, it's just one of those things for them. Like, I don't know what you do with him next year. They're gonna have to figure that out because they they just paid him him a
1: shit ton of money, didn't they?
2: For the one year, ugh. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to go through that again this year. Um, I think he probably walks. Uh, But like, I mean, for the Chiefs, like, I, I. Spags Spags has done such a good job, and like considering that the the personnel is like not the greatest, like I mean I can't really name too many people off that defense, like you know Justin Reed and you know Sneed and all that, you know a couple couple guys, but like he the scheme is really like the bread and butter for them. So um, but that's also again why I feel like this is going to be a low scoring game because I just think that you have Wilkes and and Spags who are just two amazing defensive coordinators. It just feels like one of those games that's going to be like hyped up as like a high scoring game because you look at the offenses with McCaffrey and Kelsey and all those guys. But then when the end result, like I my prediction is 20 to 16. Like that's what I'm going with. Um okay. that's what I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be low scoring. I think it's gonna be a like a last touchdown in the fourth quarter type. Halftime we're gonna be like bitching because it's seven to three. Like that's just that, this, that's just the vibe I'm getting.
0: This man's taking the under and he's taking it hard.
2: Yeah, no, I am because like it just it just feels too geared towards the skill position players, and I just think it's going to be one of those games where like they're gonna get into field goal, you know, range, but like no one's gonna like I don't I
0: wouldn't be surprised. Oh, you mean they're not gonna go for it with the game on the line? Dan Campbell's not coaching in this game. Oh yeah, right here, <laughs> No, yeah, but and I, I, is like a human algorithm. So, but
2: uh, yeah, like also with Shanahan in the playoffs is is such a fucking weird ride because he is so unpredictable and like it's it's so weird how he's so measured and good during the entire season and like he's got some weird playoff thing despite the fact it's second what third time in the, in the Super Bowl. Once with the 49ers, once with the Falcons as the offense coordinator, and, and now this is the second time as the 49ers coach. But, like, feels like he just is so weird in the playoffs. I can't, like, predict him.
1: They're, they're- I, I think it's that team, like, the the Kyle Shanahan or the Shanahan approach, they play much better ahead than they do behind because it's very Agreed. much controlling the clock component. And yeah. you don't take big risks. Until you get into the Super Bowl and you're leading 28 to three, and all you do is fucking throw and you let the other team back in and they win. God. But that game, like, I think they need to be balanced in a way that, like, they need to be very measured. And if I were to say balance, I think they need to be like 55-45 run to pass in that game, and they need to just really hope for short yardage passes on third down because. I feel like this is a game that if you if you take a risk, particularly with Brock Purdy, it could not go well.
2: You better be fucking right.
1: So I think there's like also
0: in in and I okay. So should we just kind of go with our prediction picks here?
1: Yeah, uh, I said
0: mine already. Twenty sixteen Chiefs. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with thirty-one uh, twenty-four Chiefs. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there's a little bit more excitement in this game um I hope, I, I hope you're right by the way I, hope I, I'm I, wrong. I I just feel like um there's there's a there's a few intangibles that have made me really cautious about the 49ers here one there is this this obvious thing about my, uh, about shanahan not winning the big one right and the chiefs have already been there, done that with this with this team. They've this is the second, you know, the second matchup. There's a little bit of pressure off, and I feel like that is huge because when not having to prove people wrong in that sense, you you can operate, I think, a little bit more freely. You're more relaxed, and I think that's a huge part. Like the nerves, right? It's the Peyton Manning, fucking fumbling on the or or you know botching a snap on the first play of, of the Super Bowl kind of attitude, you know? It's like the tension is down. You can relax. You can perform well, you know? Um, and then the other thing is I think the 49ers already have a losing mindset going into this game.
1: Really? Uh, the
0: whole garbage about the, the fields not being up to par and –
1: this We're still that. doing
0: this field bullshit. Giving that themselves, lending themselves an excuse that that one practice, you know, like I already see it as being garbage. And, and there's been, you know, arguments that the NFL didn't do enough, like that the field had recently been uh, updated and it wasn't, it wasn't really ready and they should have tested this more and this and that, but like it's practice before the big game. I I don't see them going like, you know, full pads or 100% here on this turf, regardless. Like, go take it into a fucking field. I don't know what to tell you. It just seems re- like a ridiculous excuse to me for themselves setting it up like this was This was because of Vegas being sucky or something, you know? And just, I don't know. It was more of that garbage. She yeah.
1: Doesn't <laughs> that doesn't really land for me because, like, you're a. Yeah. Billion dollar fucking team, like buy the right cleats. Then, like I don't so, know what to tell you. Like, there's also another team on the other side of the field that has to play on the exact same grass. Like, yeah, I, I, crime here over here. Yeah, I'll push back on that narrative because that same shit happened last year too to the Eagles, and they were saying like, oh, the field wasn't what we were expecting. It's like you, you guys. You have the technology to like swap out your spikes and put deeper ones in. Like, I, if you're falling all over the place in the first quarter, in all likelihood, you're going to be falling all over the place in the third quarter it, too. So, sh- change them out. Like,
0: it just goes to the mindset, though, that they're looking for reasons why they might not win before the game.
2: Yeah. I feel like a lot of teams do that because it's just
0: they want to like, They don't want want to get want an easy out for their, you know, people to be less critical of them or something. I don't know. Wish more people were like Derek Jeter. Like, I remember,
2: like, when the Yankees used to lose, he'd be like, no, we sucked. You know, (laughs) it's that, like, mindset of, like, no, we were terrible. Like. Own your shit. Yeah, just own your shit, man. That's it. It's
1: that alpha brain mentality, man. Like, no one can beat me. We can only, like get cheated and it's like nah man like people Mm -hmm. fucking lose all the time like
2: it was so funny hearing that talk last year because it's like like you put they played on the same field right didn't like all of a sudden like did they like have slip guards or something like i mean what why is it why is it like you guys were slipping and sliding
0: everywhere and they weren't well maybe you're just more, more more composed i don't know they all strolled out to practice in moon shoes yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
2: I don't know. I, I I just think like this has been actually a pretty tame Super Bowl week, um, outside of Kadarius Tony going on Instagram live and
0: is is Kadarius Tony now in his like Kanye West arc? Is that what's going on here he's, now? He's he's like
2: he's he's something else, man. I'm glad I let's be real here. The Giants have been a weird experience over the last two years, right? Playoffs first year, disaster second year. Hiring a new defensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, now assistant head coach. Um, it's been it's been a ride, but we can all agree that Joe Shane getting a third round pick for Kyrie's Tony at this point,
1: absolute is an steal. act of fucking god money.
2: Like, I mean, cook like I don't that know. is
1: Eric Fournier off the Knicks levels of masterclass. <laughs>
2: That I mean, we can talk about that too, because fucking holy hell, man. I love Leon Rose right now. That that trade today for the Knicks was great. Um, <clears throat> but for you know, just just I don't know how he got a third-round pick for that guy. That guy is out of his mind. Like he I think he, his NFL
1: career is over.
2: Like he tried to walk so back, done. he tried to walk it back, by the way. He said, like, yep. oh, I wasn't talking about the Chiefs, uh, you know, they might and I'm like, you were basically saying you're not injured, and they're saying you're injured. So it's like, how you, how are you not talking about the Chiefs? But he's like, I oh, was trying to go after Giants fans, but I shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, this guy does not fucking what? get it. At all. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't.
0: He doesn't, What a bad excuse! Like, what grandeur he, delusion. He's something else, man. He is. He is
2: something else. And like, I hope it was worth it. Like, I mean, I guess it was because he did have that big punt return, that touchdown in, in the Super Bowl. But that's all you're gonna get from him. He does yeah,
0: I like mean, it. that was a value right there. <laughs> like that, that's that was worth it. a third round pick, honestly. I mean, it is. I what trust what me. Do, what are your other third round picks doing for you? I forgot yeah, who I
2: the said. Giants. I forgot who the Giants got with that pick. Anyway, I, I know it was the Darren Waller trade. So yeah. I mean, hasn't really. Worked out off yet
1: much, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yet <laughs> forever
1: <laughs> i i i oh, they also
2: got that corner um that was hyped up in the preseason i can't remember his name hawkins um, hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: i think so, i think tony's career is absolutely over like he's done i don't see him i don't see him getting onto another team because i don't think teams are going to be willing to deal with the headache like you're never on the field and when you are it's either boom or nuclear bomb level bust. And when you're not playing, you're a distraction. <clears throat> and there are guys that are less talented and quiet and won't bother anybody. And you are rarely healthy. And you could just like you could pin the whole thing on like your best ability is your availability and you're not available. I was you was just have
2: about to say that one yeah. good
1: fucking catch in a game and then you're like, Oh my hamstring hurts, I'm down for three weeks. Like
2: you, you can't even like again, like even like just like being on the field, like being a good blocker, you know, like yeah. There's there's so many good elements that you can kind of take advantage of being like you don't have to be the guy making the huge catch. Um, but it's just so strange, man, because like he must have like tendons made out of fucking like used rubber a, bands. He is a perfect definition of a glass cannon. Oh like, my god. Like the slightest thing, man, he just like his body breaks down. He must not take care of himself off the field at all. I For honestly a lot thought of these it
0: was guys don't take the care they probably should, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean... it's wild. <laughs>
2: Like, I I feel bad for a guy like Saquon, who's had a lot of injuries over his career, because you can
0: tell, like, he really does work hard um, on, like, staying in
2: really good shape. Those
0: training videos he usually releases, like, in I actually think he over-trains. I think he over-trains
2: himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, when it comes to a guy like Tony, like, I mean,
0: like, he must just not do anything. (laughs) He he strikes me as someone who has, like, a very interesting diet, right? Like... (sighs) He only eats...
1: It's definitely like, like Funyuns. Oscar Mayer. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, onions on an Oscar Mayer. <laughs> he only eats those like pigs in a blanket <laughs> with Funyuns. Like, hot, like, hot pockets. Like his entire refrigerator... Gotta is be there's just, like, the pizza hot pockets though. Yeah, it's, it's just like... like the The fruit and vegetable drawers are just like unwrapped hot pockets in there, just thrown in and just like... <laughs> Bags in bags of, like, the pigs in a blanket from Thanksgiving last year just stuffed in there. <laughs> Some Somebody
2: tried to get him cheeseburger Hot Pockets, and he threw them in their face. He absolutely I had a meltdown.
1: He That's he what the whole IG thing was about, too.
0: Hamburger <laughs> Helper?
1: Yeah. I mean, the team tried to, like, hey, maybe you should diversify your diet with, like, this chicken and broccoli Hot Pocket. And he went in there and went ballistic on them.
0: Mm-hmm. He's just throwing serving trays like, across the room. Get the
1: fuck out of here. <laughs> what is this? All right. So I'm the last one to give a prediction. I think my prediction is going to be Chiefs because I've bet against them in the past and I've failed miserably. I, I think right. it's going to be 24-17 with a defensive touchdown Chiefs and they win.
2: Now, who's gonna give up? The, who's is it gonna be? An interception? Is it gonna be a fumble? Is it a Brock Purdy fumble?
0: Brock I Purdy? think, in all likelihood, it's a pick. The pick.
1: To end yeah, because uh, I think I think what's gonna happen is that it's gonna be tied towards the end of the game, seventeen seventeen, and they're gonna get desperate and they're gonna try to throw something. Purdy might. Force it to Brenna Ayuk and Justin Reed, or one of the other DBs is able to pick back, pick it off, and bring it back.
0: Is isn't that always such a weird thing, too? There's like this desperate need, even in a tied situation, to you know go up and you make this like really dumb decision. It's like no, just keep prevailing cool heads with this, and we've seen it so many times that it's kind of wild. Like that desperate need to like make that play supersedes common sense. I don't know. I mean, I think, but you act like you are.
1: That's what happens when guys let the moment get too big or they think the moment is bigger and they have to make a play when, like we got perfect examples of that, right? We got examples in the Buccaneers game where Baker Mayfield threw that pick to end it, where Jordan Mm -hmm. Love threw that pick to end it. Like, Guys, Mm -hmm. all you had to do was just like keep it pushing, like keep the ball moving down the field and not take a giant chance.
0: I will say though, if there is a guy who might have that ability, it is Brock Purdy. He's a very down-to-earth kind of humble guy, and he does not really think like he doesn't have an an expanded ego because everyone just shits on him all the time. So maybe he won't do that. (laughs) Like there is a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I just human nature. I agree with you. There's human nature here, but
1: I just have a hunch and I could be completely wrong, but I feel like there this is a game that is destined for like a big play moment and it's defensive focused. Can can I give you an alternative <coughs> can I give you an alternative moment here? Yeah, we can we can do in the multiverse of madness here. It is,
0: it is a, a fourth and goal and the obvious answer here is you have to give it to McCaffrey, and instead they go to pass it, and
1: it's an. So aim. they do a Seahawks thing, exactly.
0: Yeah, because they try to outbray themselves. Shanahan, it fits the Shanahan idea. It fits the putting the putting it in Brock Purdy's hands and a bad decision. Like it's kind of right there on par with all of these things. You know what I mean? Like it just. Yeah.
1: It'd be interesting if that happened too. I mean, I think that it's we've seen it happen, so there's definitely evidence out there of somebody thinking that they could do it. And we had the flip with the the Detroit Lions, right? So that just yeah, where they went yeah. it
0: when they shouldn't have.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, anything else in the Super Bowl? If not, I want to move on to some of the off season news that we've has been catching up. So oh, on to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I'm i kind of good on the NFL talent show. Thank you so much. Um, they should just name the all pro team and then just walk away from it. Um, okay, I agree at this point. Yeah, it's stupid. So, we have missed a couple of things that happened over the last couple weeks. The coaching cycle is officially over with Dan Quinn being named the head coach of the Washington Commandos. He was Um, he took the last open job and I want to talk a little bit about, I want to go on a little bit of a rant here from a fan of the team and talk a little bit about Ben Johnson and that whole debacle that happened where he informed Washington that he was going to withdraw his name from the coaching search, come to find out the team executives were on their way to Detroit to interview him. And they didn't find out first from Ben Johnson. They found out through like a reporter asking about it to them. And when they found out, they got a message from Ben Johnson's representative. It said, yeah, like, yeah, he's pulling his name out of it. It seems very odd that he chose not to take the opportunity. Like, of all of the opportunities that you have to be an NFL coach this is probably the best one brand new ownership new GM team with a shit ton of cap money a high draft pick that in a quarterback laden top 10 and i'm wondering if i'm wondering if people were a little rattled by the price tag that he put out there given he doesn't really have as long of a track record of being an offensive coach as some others. I'm I've made my piece with Dan Quinn. I actually, I actually kind of like that move now. I've kind of convinced myself, but in the end, he probably should have taken that job because not a lot of good jobs come up in the NFL very often. And he has a very, I'm not saying this is going to happen to him, but there is another individual who was a, offensive mind that everyone couldn't get enough of. And that guy is on his third team in three years and his name is Kellen Moore. So I would much rather take the job than stay on the same place for the second year through the coaching cycle and not be as successful as outsiders as giants fans. What are your thoughts on that whole situation?
0: Uh, I, I think the, that he's kind of also, like, the damage that Johnson might have done to his future opportunities <laughs> is huge. That's I, been
1: a big part of the conversation, too, that people don't won't trust him next time around.
0: So, like, I, I mean, if his idea is that, you know, he's going to get promoted to head coach at some point um, with Chargers, maybe that's part of it, right? Uh, sorry sorry. um (laughs) um but the i don't know like it just seems to me like the reason that information like we got the rest of that information is because of how pissed those execs were for getting on that plane right For, Mm for all of that like you don't hear the rest of that unless they want people to know that he did something you just don't fucking do right like at least take the conversation have the conversation right like or at least tell them before they're on the
1: plane like
0: yeah and and there's a and there's a short-sightedness too of like there's this talk of money which is i think he's trying to get an easy out here maybe his agent played his hand a little too hard but like you're an nfl coach like if you suck at your job they just pay you out for a couple extra years anyhow (laughs) you know, the lower price, like take the money, man. I don't know why the fuck, like, it's so weird.
1: Yeah. It's definitely an odd situation.
2: I I, I certainly don't think the way he went about it was good. Um, I think he could have obviously made better timing. I, I, if he keeps up his level of coaching though, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I, there was a rumor going around from what I've been reading is that I think he may have been a bit hesitant to take the commander's job because of the fact that they have a lot of basketball guys there they, because the, the guy who was running the warriors was there. I think everything with a grain of salt, I imagine he probably wanted to run it back with the lions one more year and then see what's available next year because the Cowboys might be a team that might be available um, there's the Philadelphia Eagles could be a team that might be available, but <laughs> I continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm just. I'm just saying from a standpoint that if, if he sees a destination that he maybe likes a little bit better, um, but yeah, turning down a commander's job where you know you're you're gonna have a, a number two overall pick, so you pick your potentially pick your quarterback and maybe go get Caleb Williams if that's the guy that you really want. Um, It's certainly weird. I don't think it's going to affect him. I think the only thing that's going to affect his job prospects are going to be if the Lions just shit the bed next year offensively.
0: Having said that.
2: The Lions' Lion. Right. (laughs) Having said that, that, he is going to start bordering Josh McDaniel's territory if he keeps doing this. Because last year he pulled out very quickly, which is the way to do it. Take the interviews, take the experience, and then pull out quickly and go – Hey guys, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm out. Like I'm I'm staying. Everyone was perfectly fine with it.
1: And that's admirable too. Like right. I'm fine with that.
2: Don't keep up don't keep people busy and everything like that. But then to do this where like there's like two jobs left and the commanders are basically waiting for you to finish and get knocked out and then they're on the way to see you. It's it's kind yeah. of a scummy move.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But like to be real, like I don't think it's going to I don't think anyone's gonna like not want to hire him next year because of what happened with the commanders like you know i i I don't think it's gonna change anything but there's only so many times you can do that before people will start giving you a reputation so
1: yeah he's got to be
2: careful but like i think there are some other jobs that he may be looking at maybe long term
1: I, i i will say though i will say and god i'll let you get your point in real quick but For all of the Cowboys and Eagles jobs out there, there's also a bunch of dog shit jobs, too. Like, if things don't turn around in Jacksonville, that's there. If Carolina does another thing and David Tepper just is David Tepper, that's another opening. Like, there's also a lot of bad jobs out there, too. And I would argue there's probably – you are more likely to have to take a bad job than you are going to be able to, like, land <coughs> a job. Because you're saying Eagles and Cowboys. I would even throw the Giants in there too, potentially.
2: Not out of the realm.
1: There is another guy out there that Bill. I think – Bills, potentially. Like, I think there's another guy out there that could potentially stun – all of those folks and take those jobs. And Mike Vrabel is that guy, like you are getting an established coach, a guy who, I mean, he's a former player, has a lot of respect from the guys that he coached. And I mean, if push comes to shove, like I know that Ben Johnson is a offensive mind, but we've also seen offensive geniuses take over teams and not be good. We've seen Mike Vrabel take over a team and they've gone to the playoffs. So I, I, I would my only hesitation and who knows, like there might be an opening in Philly. There might be an opening in New York. There might be an opening in Dallas. I don't know why you'd want to take the Dallas job, to be honest with you. That's a fucking pressure cooker. Um, so it's Philly too, but
2: I think it's just from a, a roster standpoint, you're, you're basically starting with a roster that's top five in the NFL. And also like, you know, with uh, the Cowboys, you know, will clay being there Um You know, one of the best GMs in the league, even though Jerry Jones is the GM, he refers to him. Um, So it's like, you know, it just feels, I think it's just get, you get the feeling like they're, they're going to be a good team. They're going to have good players. So it's, it's, and like they're a team with a lot of
0: resources. So go ahead, Gato. See, but here's the thing that I think really kind of I wonder about it's, it's, it's jumping on an opportunity because. The alternative might not be what you think it is. Yeah, he thinks he has an opportunity to win with the Lions, but he's forgetting that like he didn't have much competition with Minnesota because they had the injury to uh, Kirk Cousins early, and you know their season kind of got derailed. Um, but next year could be a totally different story for them. The Green Bay Packers showed quite they're only going to get better. Promise. The Bears are in one of the greatest places or positions right now for a team to develop and grow. Um, that NFC North can be look can be looking very competitive come uh, September. And I mean, I, I think about like all the empty cap space that um, I, I'm, that Green Bay's gotta have, that you know, they have a young team, like they're just gonna build and build on what they did this the end of this year, right? Like good yeah. luck next year. And people are gonna know your system way better by next year, too. They're gonna know, they're gonna figure out at some point. So, it's
2: weird because like the Brad Holmes, uh, their GM basically took a, a victory lap. Um very like, you know, because like there was a lot of talk about you know, their draft their drafting, taking a running back at twelve and then taking an off-ball linebacker at eighteen. It was like
0: Dude, they kind nailed
2: a, the the draft. There's no doubt. Good players. I I I am not for, but I I also say that they kind of screwed themselves too, because they had two first round picks, and clearly were motivated to make a move, right? And the problem was, I said they should have went and got the number one pick. They mm-hmm. should have taken every bit of that. They were one quarterback away. Imagine the Lions with CJ Stroud instead. <laughs> Yeah, and now you have Jared Goff going into the last year of his deal. He's going to make thirty-one million dollars this year, and then you have to figure out what the fuck to do with him. They yeah. drafted um, I keep, the name escapes me, the Tennessee
1: kid, um, Josh. Oh, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I don't know who's twenty-six years old and coming off a already. knee injury, second yeah. knee injury already. Mm-hmm. So,
2: like, I, I, I say that they would have been way better off. Taking those two first round picks, this year's first round pick, because you knew you were going to be a good team anyway, and like get your quarterback to the future. It was a good class. And like now are you stuck with Jared Goff? Like, what's the ceiling there? So, like for Ben Johnson, like I, 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 I think
0: understand we're at the ceiling with Jared Goff as a hot take. This is that? I think we're at the ceiling
1: with Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean he's a good he's hockey. he's a really good quarterback but like he's kind of that kirk cousins guy though right like he's he's mm -hmm, not good enough to call like an elite player he's not bad enough where it's like yes we have to replace this guy this year like
0: he's he's a a, startable roster quarterback yeah he's
1: he's evolved nicely into a very consistent um productive quarterback that is not an elite level but he's like a top 10 guy towards the back end of it You'll get, you'll he'll get your wins and he might get you a playoff win too, but I don't know, man. Like that was another thing that was brought up too that. Johnson really wanted to work with an established quarterback. And I I'm, I'm guessing the, the opportunity to like work with a rookie QB that was taken high in the draft really didn't land with him. It's another weird take. Yeah, you'd think you'd want to bring somebody in who wants to work with, like, one of the talented guys. But, I mean, that's – it is what
0: it is. If you're going to be a potential head coach, you have to be able to work with new, you know, drafted talent, right? Like, you want to see that as an opportunity and have a take. Like, no, I want, like, a seasoned – like, what? This guy is living in a great, like, delusion here. I don't know.
2: Yeah you know I mean
0: listen, you're you're better I, off Tom I think in the end <laughs> I,
2: I, I, know so. I, I I totally understand where people are coming from with this but like you know, I mean let's be real like the NFL is about like getting that top tier talent and Jared Goff is Jared Goff great good quarterback really mm. good. I would honestly say top 15 like he, but it's like remember the chiefs with alex Smith? And you're like they're a good team. They're not winning. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. And then they get Pat yeah. Mahomes, and they trade. You know, they trade up for him. And everybody was like, "Do you have Alex Smith? Why would you do that?" And then they, you know, they trade him for a third round pick to the Washington Football Team at that time. Get a good return on him. And then ultimately, what happens? They they're in the. They, I mean, it's the sixth time they were in the AAC Championship games. The what third Super Bowl appearance? I mean. It, it can make the difference. Imagine this Lions team with CJ Stroud at quarterback. I mean, it, it's instantly way different. Yeah. I mean, the Texans were a good team. They were a playoff team this year. And I, I would argue that roster, not very good. And like now imagine a really good roster with a, an elite offensive line, top three offensive line. I'm on Ross Brown, the, the tight end, um, the Sam Laporta. Game. Yeah. Sam, Sam Laporta. And then David Montgomery in the backfield with, who the fuck cares at running back, you know it doesn't really matter. That offensive line is so good. I, I I think from a standpoint of like you look at this team and now the dynamic changes also because you're not paying Jared Goff thirty million dollars you can trade in, and you're paying C J Stroud six or seven for the next few years. Like yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it just changes the window because Dan Campbell said it himself. In the post game, he's like, I don't know if we're going to be back here. And I don't know if they're going to be either. I, I have my doubts. So <sighs> I think they. I think I would hold off on the victory laps. I think Ben Johnson's doing the smart thing for himself, ultimately staying there another year because they do still have a chance. But it is a risk. It is and it's a closing
1: window, window at that too. It
2: right? is a closing window, which is sad because this team is so good and has so many good young players on it, and it feels like their windows already closing, which is ridiculous, you know?
1: Yeah. It's pretty um pretty interesting how that whole situation went down. Um I can get into Dan Quinn, but I also know that as Giants fans, there's a there's a new sheriff in town on defense, as they say. So gentlemen, I'll give the floor to you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, a lot of enthusiasm over there in the metal. I area. mean, I, you know, look, I, I I
2: I I've obviously have my my issues here cuz I I Shane Bowen over the last few years has been a very good defensive coordinator. The Titans have never been in the back half of points per game. They've had a top 3 rush defense. They were number 1 rush defense last year, giving up the fewest amount of rushing yards per game. I think they were top three in red zone. I think they actually might have been number one in red zone defense. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, granted, he's got Jeffrey Simmons, you know, and really good defensive linemen, but it's going to be a it's going to be a stark change because Wink Martindale was number one in pressure rate, you know, like right. uh, number one in like pressure, like blitzing, and now like we're going from a guy who's literally top three in blitzing to a guy who's bottom three in blitzing. So it's going to be a drastic change. But what the good news is, is that despite the fact that he doesn't blitz as much, the pressure rate was about the same. So he doesn't have to blitz to get the pressure. The pass defense was bad. He runs a press man, 3-4 kind of defense, which is fine for what you know the Giants have. Um, and I think they have better... Uh, players um, on the back end, but their pa- the Titans pass defense over the last few years has been horrific. So that's the one thing that worries me. But the one good thing is that the Giants named Jerome Henderson, the defensive back coach, as the passing game coordinator. So I think they're going to let um, Dawson pretty much be like the defensive coordinator, run game defensive coordinator, and Jerome Henderson will kind of handle the passing game. So I'm not as worried. Um it just sucks because like, I really wanted this to work out with Mike Barndale because I like the style more. I like a blitz-heavy type defense. Um, it didn't really work last year. But I also, you can argue that this defense is, doesn't have enough guys yet. But I'm not as upset as a lot of people were. I think it just sucks because the Giants clearly had two guys in mind that they they wanted and they lost out on those guys. So I think anything felt like a a
1: loss at that point. Remind um, me who the other two guys were.
2: So the two other guys um were Bobby Badgich, uh who is the linebacker coach for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. He ended up taking um the Buffalo defensive coordinator job because, you know, they obviously didn't really have anybody um, other than him. I I didn't feel like he was even going to be a potential candidate, really. I mean, he interviewed, but, like, I felt like Buffalo wasn't really going to let him go. Right. Um, And then Denard Wilson was my guy. That was the guy I wanted. He actually ended up going to Tennessee, funny enough. He was the defensive back coach for the Ravens this past season, and then he was the defensive back coach for the Eagles the year before. Eagles had the number one pass defense – two, uh, two years, you know, last, the year before, and then went to dead last this year after he left. And then the Ravens went from like a middle of the pack to the number one pass defense. So like wherever he goes, the defense drastically improves. So, um, I mean, I'm happy. He's not he didn't Go back to Philly, you know, but like, um, you know, with, with guys that were available, like Fangio and, you know, Denar Wilson, like I wanted somebody good. And like, not that, you know, not that Shane Bowen's not good, but it's just – it's an underwhelming hire.
1: Yeah. I think this was a hard year to find coordinators because I, I, I just don't know that there is like – there's a lot of opportunity out there for guys. And right now, particularly for the Giants, like – they have one or two guys on defense that are really exciting, and then everybody else is kind of bleh. So I'm wondering if that had played a lot into it. Um, and then ultimately the whole Martindale thing, and I think I think this would have been a different conversation if if that team was better and all of that bad press about Brian Dayball did not come out because yeah. I would imagine some of that has to – like, bleed into the conversation, or at least in the back of the candidates' minds.
2: Yeah, I think there's clearly a residual effect. And it's also a residual effect for Wing, too, because, you know, I think he's interviewing with Dallas, but like, I don't think he's considered the favorite to get that job. And there's and, also
1: some speculation that he's going to join the Michigan staff. Yeah. To, yeah. Which so, would be, a, I'm not going to lie, that would be a downgrade. I mean,
2: it's it's a top tier school with, without Harbaugh there, you know, and like yeah, going from the NFL to to college is is definitely not ideal. I think he's a good fit for a college defense though because it's like he's a galvanizing type of guy. Clearly, players other than Xavier McKinney like him, mm-hmm. um, and that, that clearly was the rub is that Xavier McKinney and him did not get along, um, like. So I, I, I think I think now the I think I there was a rumor that the Giants were not gonna be able to keep McKinney if Link was back. Like he was gonna leave. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel, but like I like clearly like I Dallas is also going with some interesting choices. They interviewed Rex Ryan too.
1: I think that's like, a fantastic
2: pick for them. I, I think they shouldn't hire him, honestly. Like like he's been out of the game for a long time, but like let's be real, like You know, he's when he's been really good when he was uh, just like a defensive coordinator. So,
1: yeah, I think the important thing about Rex Ryan is that he was the one that really started that whole philosophy of the blitz heavy packages that a lot of teams now have adopted. Like, yeah why go and find a guy who learned it from Rex Ryan when you can just pick up Rex Ryan and make that happen. And I, and I think too, like we got Rex Ryan at home. Yeah. Say what you want about like his personality as a head coach, or even as like an NFL pundit, the players on his teams outside of Geno Smith, they loved him. (laughs) Like they, they, like when he was the the defense coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, they loved him. That yeah. defense was fantastic. Yeah, And when he was with the the Jets and the Bills, like their defenses were solid. And I think that if you just give him one side of the ball where he doesn't have to worry about anything other than just like making stops, like he could be a productive guy. Cause he's a like for all of his weird quirks and his personality traits, like, I think it's fair to say he is a fantastic defensive mind. I
2: also imagine that he's probably been pretty humbled by, you know, not being a coach for the last few years and like the reality of it that you know
0: your your whole vibrato and thing
2: kind of wore thin on people after a while. So
0: yeah. He's. I mean, it's kind of been for him. It's been kind of good because I think he's ingratiated himself. Like people have gotten to know his personality a bit now with uh, being on ESPN and stuff. Yeah, he's a little bit more likable. I think at this point, palatable. You know. Um, Yeah, as long as he keeps the feet out of the conversation.
1: (laughs) And and I and I will say too, like Micah Parsons said that he was really going to miss Dan Quinn. And, like, the intensity and the camaraderie that he brought to that defensive side of the locker room, I think a good way to solve that, like, loss is bring in a guy who's also like that as well, who builds, like, that kind of, like, culture and defensive guys really gravitate around him. I don't know what the other alternatives would be. Like, I don't know who they would bring in that would be inspiring. You said they were bringing in talking to Wink Martindale.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and I would say Wink and Rex Ryan are probably really your best bets. Um, I think they mentioned Al Harris as a potential uh, candidate. He's the DB, DB coach there right now. And, you know, al
1: harris former green bay packer al harris wow yeah i so goddamn old i
2: know know. um but really as far as it goes like i mean you know who else do you really pick at this point so yeah i don't know um but you know there's no like i I keep saying there's no cap on you know these coordinators jobs you know like you don't have a salary cap on these guys so go out and get the guy that you like i mean for the for the if you like also there was another guy that was mentioned for the Cowboys, which is Mike Zimmer. And that one would be really interesting for me. He's got a relationship mm-hmm. with McCarthy already. And like talk about a guy who gets the most out of his players. That's Mike Zimmer. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that one could be good too. And he was a former defensive coordinator with Dallas too. So he definitely yep. knows the building. Yep. For sure. Um, Time check for y'all. Um, do we want to keep going, or do we want to wrap up here? I think.
2: Well, I mean, I how do you? I, I wanted to just touch on one more thing. Sure. Um, Because there's been a lot of speculation about Caleb. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And would you give up your firstborn's name to
0: get Caleb Williams away from the Bears? I mean, there's rumors that the Bears aren't even that interested. So there's well, because
2: there's been a lot of like weird back and forths, right? Like uh, there's I I don't I don't know if it's just draft bullshit, right? Like people just trying to drum up shit.
0: Turning uh,
2: at least one rumor coming out that Caleb doesn't want to play for the Bears, and he's a DC kid. Obviously, the Commanders just hired his offensive coordinator from USC, Cliff Kingsbury. It looks like they're making a move, right? It looks like the the commanders are trying to make it a very attractive option to where they can kind of tell Caleb, like, hey, you don't got to play for the Bears, you know, Eli Manning, John Elway, whatever, right? So I think there is something there, but it's a question of what are you going to be willing to give up because the Bears are not going to make that move. Like, because I think think the Bears will just take them and, you know, call it a day, but like – if you're going to want to get him, you're going to have to give up something. So it's a matter of what are you willing to give
1: up? Yeah, I think, I think the, the commanders are going to make a play for that pick, but I also think too, that, the way that Chicago has talked about that pick, they don't seem super enthused about it. So I'd be curious to see what other teams are kind of like rumbling around for it. You know what I mean? Like the, the bears are kind of boxed in at this point. Like they have a quarterback who's already a top five pick on their team who they said they wanted to continue working with. And I don't think they want to start the entire process over again. I don't think Matt Eberflus wants to start the entire thing all over again. Um, He's got, he's actually a guy that I'm kind of surprised kept his job, but I agree. I mean,
0: I think they're showing up towards the end of the season may have
1: saved them. They did. Yeah, they did. But I just think they're kind of jammed up right now and they've put themselves in a position where they absolutely don't need to take them, take him, So now they are going to have to offer. um, Now they're going to field offers from other teams. The problem is, though, is that depending on how people are looking at the other two quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. anybody can go number two. So I think that's another thing that plays against the Bears in the sense that it's not like, it's not like it's Caleb Williams and there's a massive drop off. It's not like it's Caleb Williams and Bo Nix, right? Like, it's not like you absolutely have to get them. I'm pretty sure if somebody were to land a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels, it might be a bit of a drop off in talent, but it's not a whole lot.
2: Yeah. I sl- slightly disagree. Um, okay. I, I, cause. I think when you look at like this year's crop, like I think Daniels is a good quarterback. I think he's going to be, I think he's got like top 12 potential and everything like that. Um, And I think Drake may's got Josh Allen upside. Like he's got that same build and same style play kind of gunslinger. But like, I mean, I I don't think, I don't think um, Cliff was wrong when he said that, you know, i'm being
0: serious like just it's funny because i thought it was like very considering i think that move for like i said this that the move that the the commanders are trying to make is that mm -hmm. they're going for caleb williams why have your team like set its clear intention out loud with those comments but that was that's just me no no
2: listen i'm not not, strategically (laughs) strategically it may have been a misfire because if he really is trying to get Caleb. But I also, like, personally, I, I don't think it matters, though. I I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it does. Either. I don't think Ryan Poles was sitting there like, oh, I think this kid's a bum. And they're like, "Oh, Cliff thinks he's good? Well, then that <laughs> changes everything. <laughs> that fair. It, it hurt their leverage a little bit. But, like, I don't think it changes it, much. It
0: does if now you're a team that looks to move up a bit here. I mean – because now maybe potentially knowing that that's something that's off the board for you and the bears are looking so the thing is the bears the bears are they came across this genie lamp with the carolina panthers and the they rubbed it and they said i wish for more wishes and then they got the more wishes and then they were they are like <laughs> david You're... tepper's like sure <laughs> <laughs> as he's throwing fucking cups at fans. Um, Jesus. And and so they're sitting there like can we have more wishes right now? Is that possible? Like who's the who's the fire dumpster team that we might be able to sell this pick to and get, you know, another beautiful pick from next year plus a whole other bag of babies, <laughs> right? Cuz like what are the what's the Bears real need here? I mean, we're talking about um
1: Marvin Harrison Jr. offensive line
0: their need. Wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, like, do they really
2: need a wide favorite. receiver though? Like
0: they have And it's not a sexy position to be at for one of those picks. Right. Go sell yourself. And so that's the big fear, I think, for the the commanders not actually taking the taking the buy, the buyout to can you know solidify that opportunity. But I also agree that I think more along the lines that you know, Caleb might be the, a very nice fit there, but Drake may will do just as fine if not Jaden Daniels. It all depends on the system that they're going to they're going to put in place, right? Like, I, I, I'm being real with you guys that I think Caleb Williams has, like, top
2: three potential in this league. And I think people, we were talking about this before, that I think people are overthinking it with him. And this is just what happens within the day and age of Twitter that people like like to have a, a different opinion on guys. And I think like we went from like, like I don't know if you guys saw the painted nails thing, like because Caleb oh, painted yeah. nails like, Oh, it's, it's going to fucking suck. And it's like, I, I just, I don't understand the discourse. Sometimes some people just really like to be um, on the outside of consensus, but like the, I, 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 everyone has been pretty much on board that Caleb Williams, if you watch what he does, on a week to week basis there has not been a better quarterback prospect coming out since
0: luck See, and that's now 12 years ago so the, my one thing of that is if we look at this actual super bowl that we're about to have this weekend you have when did patrick mahomes was he number 1 he overall was 10 10 no he yeah he was 10 he was he, he was qb 2 no he was QB 2017 three. or 2018
1: 2017
2: so it was yeah. Trubisky. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oof. So
1: I think it
0: was Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson. Okay, it was it was a bit of a class at the time. I mean,
1: it was the Miles Garrett year. So when Miles oh. Garrett, Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, kind of a dud, Leonard yeah. Fournette, Corey Davis, dud, Jamal Adams, Mike dud. Williams from Clemson kind of a dud. Christian yeah. McCaffrey, John Ross, Patrick Mahomes, and Ugh. then the next quarterback after that was Deshaun Watson. Okay, so I had, yeah, I had it mixed up. It was... Uh, oh, no, I had it right.
2: It was Mahomes Watson.
1: And then the second... The guy after that was...
2: Somebody in the second round, right? Unless
1: I'm really missing it right now and I'm just blowing through names, like uh, that's... Yeah, somebody in the second round. Can I ask a question, though, just to kind of aside from that? Um, If I were the Bears, I would be selling this in a very different way. And the reason why I'd be selling that is because your options for the 2025 NFL draft are significantly limited comparative to where they are now. Because if you look at the guys that are in the 2025 draft, it's Shador Sanders (laughs) and Quinn (laughs) Ewers. quarterback yeah a year from now like there's a lot of guys that don't really inspire like none of these guys have really stood out outside of like jackson dart
2: and even even, even there is is questionable yeah
1: nothing Um, nothing in this 2025 class wows me
2: yeah this is the year to get your guy
1: right um, so that's what I would say. Like, hey, man, you can you can trade up now and get Caleb. And he is the one who's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's done it with two different teams. He's played in an NFL system. The guy who is your now quarter, now what, like, offensive coordinator was his QB coach at USC. If you don't do it now and you're 3-14 and 14 next year, you're going to be drafting an offensive lineman. Congrats. Like learn to speak Chinese, buddy.
2: <laughs> that's why I'm saying though. That's is,
1: how I like, would sell it. Like
2: that's that's why that's why I'm saying though that like if I'm the commanders, I know you've said that like there's a limit to how much you would be willing to spend to to get him, and I understand your position, but like for me, like I'm I'm willing to give ultimately because like it's not going to be that much anyway. There there is a limit to how much they can charge you to swap picks because, again, the Bears would be getting the guy that they still want, right, because they'd be going to number two. But, yeah. like, if it means – if I offered you this, okay, swap picks, one and two, right, I'm going to give you my I, – I, I want you – so I'm the, I'm the Bears, you're the commanders, right? So I I'm going to I'm going to give you one, you're going to give me two, you're going to give me your second round pick this year, you're going to give me your first and your third next year. And then you're, and then no, first and yeah, first and third next year, and then maybe like a fourth round pick in twenty five. So first and second this year, right? First and third next year, and then a fourth in twenty twenty and twenty twenty six.
1: What if you're that like seems heighten? that seems like a lot just to go. It's up a lot, but
2: but, but if I was the way.
1: seventh team. If I the was Titans. the seventh team, if maybe the Titans, maybe the Giants at six. Um, where are the Vikings in there? Like
2: Vikings are eleven.
1: Okay, or the Patriots. Like if I'm one of those teams, it seems a little bit more amenable to jump from like seven, eight, nine to go to one and give up that. I My only think... concern is like it's just My... it's one spot.
2: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But it's also about context because it's it's not 2013, right, where Eric Fisher goes number one, right? So, like, it's it's where the first quarterback coming off the board is E.J. Manuel at, like, whatever, 17. And this is – What a year, this, by the way. Cool. <laughs> one of the worst drafts in history, by the way. Um, this is a way different scenario, right, because you're talking about if your grade on Kale Williams is a whole point higher. Right, and you look at him, and you're like all pro first year, like the difference being C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, right? Because you say like if I think a lot of people going into the beginning of the year were like, hey, listen, I like I like Drake May a lot, okay, two year starter, not a good track record with two year starters historically, ACC school, right?
1: Down down year, down year last year. I could make the argument against Caleb Williams too in that same regard. Like Pac twelve, nobody plays in that. Caleb Williams Caleb. is a two and a half year starter. Okay, <laughs> and but he it, also had a down year.
2: But again, like tools being what they are, right? Like I think Drake May has interesting tools, but there's also a lot of a game that I'm a little bit concerned about. To where I watch Drake May, t- I, I watch Caleb Williams tape, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking magician. So I think I think that's just where I'm at. Is like if my grade is significantly higher um, for Caleb, I just don't think the extra picks really matter because like, if you're going to be a good team next year, like, which is the hope, and you don't expect to be the Panthers where you're picking again, you're going to get the number one pick and you're going to give it to some other team, giving up a first and a third for next year. And then a fourth in 20, 2026, so like who gives a shit, you know, but like it ultimately seals the deal. I, I think it's I think it's worth it like see as you were Chinese...
1: as you were saying that like you're I'm starting to believe because of the salary cap that Washington has mm-hmm. here's the problem though and it's it's not anything that you said okay, okay. I want to make that clear
2: okay I but
1: think this is that... I think this is very much like people saw the panthers do it and they got it wrong and now they owe somebody their first pick. I think that's the thing that teams are going to have to yeah. like talk themselves into like <laughs> what about if we just panther ourselves and we are just as bad if not worse than we were the year before. We spent our number 1 overall pick on a guy who has not worked out. Granted, I would say like if Washington were to move up, that would be a vastly different situation than Carolina. But guys have flamed out at number one in the past before. But I, I think, think
2: that's I think that's why context is so important though, right? Because yeah. ultimately the, the big difference here is that imagine if the Panthers did exactly what they did, but instead of taking the guy that they took, they took the guy that they probably should have taken and it seemed like they wanted to take originally, which was CJ Stroud. We'd be talking about this as one of the greatest trades in history because they mm-hmm. went from, what, nine to one, made a move and got themselves a potential 15, 20-year starter at quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Wow. It's a way different conversation, and I think that you can blame a David Tepper situation in that regard to where in this situation, if Caleb Williams is who is advertised, which I think he is – You made the best decision of your life, right? Because ultimately, Mm -hmm. if Drake May and Jaden Daniels are just average quarterbacks, and Kale Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes, then you made the best decision of your life. So sometimes it can be all the difference. I understand the risk involved in it, but like that's the draft. Like the draft
0: is just risk. Yeah, Yeah. have we written off Bryce Young maybe too early though? I'm not Mm -hmm. writing off Bryce Young. I'm I'm just I I
1: I think in a one year snapshot though.
0: It's
2: like, not, it's not a good look, but I would say, like, yeah, you'd be silly to write off Bryce Young at this point. But I just
0: think C.J. Stroud is way better, just in general. So, and, but that's the thing to to also say, like, I, they're both within one year. I mean, we're looking at this thing from like this perspective, but you give me five seasons, and we'll see where things where things are for sure. You a know?
1: good example of that is Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith, guys that got drafted high. They got bumped off their original teams because they said they couldn't hack it. And Baker Mayfield has his best year ever as a pro, and Geno Smith is a back-to-back Pro Bowl starter. Be that as it <laughs> yeah. may now. it's mean, a little bit. <laughs> but he made it to the Pro he, Bowl. He's, think... he's
0: been the starter of a, a team with a winning record for the past two years. After yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking ages. So
1: yeah, I just, I just don't doing know. much better. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if, NFL teams are willing to do the same thing a year after another team has tried it and it's not worked for
0: them. I I think think...
1: that's kind of like the NFL in its own kind of way is very, very like medieval in their thinking in the sense that, Oh, there's ghosts in that house. Like, like you saw, to their own
2: defeat. Yeah. To the, to the, to the,
1: the, their own best interests. Like Deshaun Watson gets all that guaranteed money he fucks up and now nobody can get guaranteed money.
0: But but this is what I'm saying and I think I was trying to start this and then we got tan- went off on a tangent it was just like if you look at the Super Bowl we have Mr. irrelevant playing, you know, with against someone who uh, is a generational quarterback, but like the point is that the draft isn't always a predictor of like the guessing game that teams go through is more art than science. Like, it is. I mean, you look at the, the guys who go at the very top, and they don't do, they don't often overperform guys that go early in the second round or late in the first. Like, it's not a guarantee. None of this is guaranteed. And that's there, why,
2: No, that's why it's called, you know, it's a draft.
0: It's a, it's a crap. Okay. You know, like, and I think the that value. Um, I think that the value that the Bears might get potentially from selling this, considering what their real needs might be for this upcoming year, I, it just it it seems like the move. And that doesn't necessarily count out that if the Commanders hold the line, that they're going to lose out on Caleb Williams. But it's likely. <laughs> I, I, it, this is just a thought exercise for me
2: because you know because obviously we have a Commanders fan um in our in our podcast here that um i just like the idea because like it's it's an interesting thought process because like you could stay stay pat and you get your pick of the remaining guys you know so i mean if drake may ends up becoming better than Caleb williams which again could happen you make the smartest decision. That's what I, I just love. The draft is because it's it's it brings so many, so many interesting it questions. Same hungry, way people, yeah. people were talking about Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf in '98. Everyone was like, you know, you, you're going to be good with either one. And then ultimately, in two years, in Ryan Leaf's a disaster, and Peyton Manning's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So it's yeah. like Very it's good just to never tough. know. Yeah, I I happen to think that any of those three guys coming out this year are really good, but like there's. Yeah. There is a tier
0: in if, my
1: mind. if Caleb Williams is off the board or the commandos don't wanna they don't want to move up or the Bears can't find somebody to trade with and they pick Caleb Williams, I think they're gonna go Jaden Daniels. I do too. Only because I don't think they want two UNC QBs on the roster. Guys that played in the exact same system, guys that can't learn one playing learn. right after the other one. I just feel like they would be thinking like, this is too much of kind of the same thing. Yeah. So I think they would want a Jaden Daniels over a Drake May. And so, I like Drake May, but I just don't think that they would want to do that.
2: So I actually have a different perspective um, on, on that. I I actually don't think it has anything to do with Sam Howell or like the, the idea of like a UN, two UNC quarterbacks. I think like if you look at at where adam peters comes from right what was their biggest mistake that john lynch made trading up for trey lance a guy who only really had one full year granted it was because of covid and everything north dakota didn't play north dakota state didn't play that year um, but didn't have a lot of experience what does Jaden daniels have in like lots three years at arizona state two years at lsu played in the pack, you know, played in what the pack 12 and then played in the sec South. I mean, like the guys battle tested, played a lot of games. And so I think like, if he's got any like funny feelings about taking a guy who maybe doesn't have a ton of experience, um, that would be it. You know, yeah. but he wants to go for a guy who's got just more games under his belt and win.
1: And he's a winner, you
2: know, he's won a lot of games too. So.
1: Yeah. He's played hard. Um, I know that we, we, we don't have a ton of time left here, but like, can we just glance over the JJ McCarthy pill train that's like barreling towards the NFL draft? It's, it's, I, I, love, is I, this who, is why I love the draft, by the way. Who was it that said that JJ McCarthy could be a top 15 talent? Like, which so, man said
2: that? So it was, um, it was, uh, uh, Matt Miller, who is an ESPN guy, he was formerly a Bleacher Report guy. He, he, had, he didn't say, um he he basically was saying that based on the conversations he's had with people in the league like gms and like scouts and everything that, that imaginary other people that
1: <laughs> well again
2: yeah, it's just, it's well, just draft it's draft silly season so this is where we're at he said that the the overall um, conversations he's had the league is significantly higher on JG McCarthy than Michael Penn, Michael Pennix or Bo Nix. So basically saying that a lot of people view Bo Nix and Michael Pennix as like day two, day three guys. And then, but JG McCarthy has gotten top 15 um, type upside. So it's an interesting one for me because I I've been with me, I think a little bit more of a defender of McCarthy than you guys. Um, but even that I'm not I'm not is, taking him in the is, top 15. Is it because of like
0: who who coached him? Is that I article? think that
1: has a lot to do with it. I
0: th- I think so. I think you want to peel that back about potentially one of your competitors a bit. Like what's his process? You know, you have that mindset. What do, what are you gonna bring to the table? where you go with it. People have a lot of respect for Jim Harbaugh,
2: right? And they clearly know that he's done a lot of great work. Like Alex Smith had his best years under Jim Harbaugh. Colin Kaepernick, best years under under him. So I think people look at a guy um, like McCarthy. Andrew
1: Luck, too, kind of burying the lead on that one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, again, you know, that's, that's the point is that like – Bit of a McCullough. king kingmaker in this sense. Yeah, I, I think when they I think because I think I think just simply being a quarterback for him means that like people are going to look at him a little different and say, like, well if Jim likes him, then like there has to be something there. And I mean, Jim Harbaugh said the other day, don't be surprised if JJ McCarthy is the first quarterback taken in the twenty twenty four draft. He's oh, like the yeah. rain uh, man of the NFL. It. this is
1: also the same guy who said you shouldn't eat chicken because it's a scared bird right like (laughs)
2: he's uh he's an interesting character um listen there's no fucking shot that that happens but he clearly respects jj mccarthy so i think people also view his age as an upside he's only 20 years old so i think they kind of view him as an untouched prospect and like listen His arm is better than people say it is. His accuracy is way better than people say it is. And like, we've had this conversation because you, you basically are not a believer in him. And I've said that like, he wasn't asked to do a lot in in Michigan. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Doesn't mean he can do it either, but like he wasn't asked to do a lot. So I think there's a point of being like, if you put more on his plate, there's a good chance. He seems like a cerebral kid from everything I've read it seems like people believe that he could be that guy if like you could who could run an offense. I am more skeptical and I think he's more of like an Alex Smith type. Like he's a good quarterback, but like he's not gonna wow you. But Game like, manager. Yeah. Yeah. But I think but I think he's got rushing upside. He's got an arm that's good enough to win in this league. And again, I've seen him make some passes that are really fucking special so like he can clearly drop it in there i'm just being real here that like i think jj mccarthy is a good good quarterback i think he's gonna i think he's got a chance to be a really good uh you know good league quarterback but like top 15 is where i start like because of the body of work because he hasn't shown it that's where I get weary. But, like, it wouldn't shock me if somebody falls in love with him and he ends up in the top 15. It really wouldn't. And that's why I'm going to be sweating on draft night because the Giants have that sixth pick in the draft again. And, like, oh, man, it makes me nervous. Last time the Giants had the sixth pick, we made a huge mistake. So, oh, and, by the way, it's official the Cowboys have hired Mike Zimmer as their
1: defense coordinator. Mazel tov. Good for him. Bad for us.
2: Bye bye, Wayne. Go back to college.
1: (laughs) I have a lot of concerns about drafting guys that (coughs) didn't have to do a whole lot in college and then they're expected to do a whole lot in the NFL. I think that's that's kind of a reverse of how that whole process is supposed to go. Because 100%. I guess. I don't remember who said this, but it's like, if you can't do it in high school, you're not going to do it in college. If you can't do it in college, you're not going to do it in the NFL. And I think that this is how I see this playing out. I think McCarthy is going to get Zach Wilson level of hype. And somebody is going to make a decision on that. And... They're gonna but, expect that he's gonna a, be like a weird Zach
2: Wilson level hype be
0: top three pick though. Because, <laughs> Hold on, yeah, this is a weird, this but is I mean, everyone
1: saw fan. him at a pro day and they like were wowed by him just throwing in his underwear. Like, gotcha. that's the thing.
2: I, I don't think he's that type of guy, honestly. I think, I think he's he's a get he's you know. He's on time, type of guy. Like he's game manager. I don't think his pro day is going to be overwhelming.
0: I think his interviews will be good. But um, I don't would, know. Would anyone dare to wager me that JJ McCarthy ends up this year's fourth overall pick to the Arizona Cardinals? No. No.
1: No, no one. No, stop looking for bets here. No one. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. (laughs) No, no,
2: no. No. I I, I don't think the Cardinals outside of Caleb Williams falling to the fourth overall pick are taking a quarterback. I think
1: which that only only means the first three teams in front of them have been attacked by Hamas. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. But, but Gatto, I need you to go into your DraftKings app and look up where it says "help" and then click the button. <laughs>
2: <laughs> call the number. Call the number. Yeah, call
1: the number, man. <laughs> but man. I, I think that maybe not like a number two overall pick in the way that Zach Wilson was, but like somebody is going to see what he does, and and honestly, if somebody is so overwhelmed by how JJ McCarthy talks, if they feel the need to like. The, the, the comparison you're looking for,
2: by the way, and it could be the same team,
1: is Christian Ponder. I was actually, I had his Wikipedia page pulled you, up. Just
2: you, today. Today. Get
1: over here, you. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, because the Vikings, and I think they were like, I think he was picked 12. So they picked 11 this year. Yeah. Like he picked 12. Um, yes, kind of a 12. smaller, like not a big arm guy, cerebral. Like Played
1: at a big school.
2: Played at a big school, like considered to be like an elite game manager type, Alex Smith type with underrated legs. Yeah, Christian Ponder is a scary mindset of what J.J. McCarthy could be. What a terrible
1: draft for quarterbacks, too. Outside of Cam Newton, everybody was ass. That was 2010? 2011. 2011. Cam Newton, Jake Locker at eight blaine gabbard at 10 christian ponder at 12. jesus uh, <laughs> and 2019 andy, level andy dalton colin kaepernick i mean those two kind of panned out um but yeah. for a period of time I guess. yeah. for a, for for a, for a window yeah and then ryan mallet um rest in peace yeah. um yeah, I and mean, his booty ever since I forgot that. he passed. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I'm... Arkansas fucking legend. Fucking Ricky Stanzi. Yeah. Um, Ricky Stan- Never heard that name. Noted Iowa legend Ricky Stanzi, by the way. I remember Ricky Stanzi. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, that's his year, too. Sixth round pick. Underrated. Giant so, great. Put him on a banner. By the beam. This is like yeah. the journeyman's
0: fucking draft right here.
1: This is the people that are um, probably NFL pundits now.
0: Yeah, sure. they were all media majors.
1: Yeah, Christian Ponder's crowning achievement was marrying somebody, <laughs> Samantha Ponder. Yeah. yeah, formerly Sam Steele. Not Sam a bad. Steele. That's that's a. She gave up a good name. Sam Steele is a good name. I know, and she's older than he is too. Like now, man, you changed your name. <laughs> Changing your name. People know me way more than they know you. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: Excuse me.
1: But yeah, I think this is going to be a. Um,
2: I'm not yeah. going Christian Ponder with JJ McCarthy, but I I get where you're coming from with that
1: though. Yeah, I was trying like even. I think the. Um, I think the comp to Zach Wilson might be better just given like people are obsessed with tools now. And I, I think that's what's going to, I think that's going to be the driver of the conversation. It's like, there's so much potential to unlock there, but in reality, like BYU played in a pretty, they didn't play in a conference. They just picked who they wanted to play and they played goons and, I mean, J.J. McCarthy, he's had a couple of big games, but for the most part, it wasn't anything to write home about. I mean,
2: by that logic, when you're talking about, like, stats, right? Like, Josh Allen shouldn't be – would be in the same conversation. Honestly, the- Josh Allen is a huge outlier. Like, he is. He is. You're right. But, like, I think you still have to kind of look at those things and realize, like – those are the reasons why we we uh, you have to watch as much tape as possible because you have to find if he like are there moments where he's capable, physically capable? like because like Anthony Richardson was the talk last year. And I said, I've seen enough where I'm like, everyone's like, oh, the completion percentage, oh, he didn't throw many touchdowns. He didn't like his stats don't look good. And I said, but like if you've seen him, you see the like, oh my God moments, right? And like, I it's not what you're looking for with JJ McCarthy, but I'm saying like you're looking for moments of like, holy shit, he dropped that in the bucket, right? And like, I've seen a, a bunch of times where he's thrown into like the tight, like a tight window, and like he he just lights the seam. So like, there are certainly potential for him, but like, it's just, you know, it's it's it is questionable. Like he he does carry a lot of risk, and this is why I said like. Trading back into the first round, pick number 27, pick number 28, just to get that fifth year option for McCarthy or like a second rounder, sure. But top 15 is a little crazy.
1: Yeah, I think I would just to kind of put a pin in this, I think that if we were talking about like second or third round, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, why not? Like he's going to be a guy that you can develop and grow, but you put the expectation of a top 15 guy the expectation is that he's going to be starting at some point this year. And yeah. we could make the argument that will Levis probably would have been a top 15 pick if things went the way they were supposed to go. Mm. And he ended up being a starter, even as a third. It's like a, was it it's number two 31 overall or something like that? Yeah. Um. But I mean, all the, all the quarterbacks that got drafted in the first round played this year. And, you're making the assumption that he's going to, not you, you, but the royal you.
2: Yeah. I is you.
1: that people are making the assumption that if he's going to go in the top 15, he's going to be playing. And I think it would do a huge disservice to him to do that to him. Because I think there needs to be some growth and some development there. I mean, he's, if we're having the same, if we're having the same camp conversation around Drake May about age being young. We're definitely having the same conversation. We should be having it with JJ McCarthy.
2: Um, I'm not having a conversation with Drake May about age. It's about played games played. McCarthy is, is I think in the same boat because he's what a two year starter essentially. So he played,
1: he was active in 2021, but he was not a starter. He was a scrub guy.
2: Right. So I think that's where the questions come into
1: play, but like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Like they are the same questions.
2: Um, but I think it's like, people are kind of blinded by the fact that, you know, national championship, it, it, it does a lot for some people. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's your whip hard to argue with a 63 to 16 touchdown ratio for, for Jake may for Drake may.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean like again, Drake Mays Drake May not exactly like again, he is the Josh Allen, right? Because like you look at him and you're like, man, some of those throws are just like crazy. Yeah. Um his big so, time
1: pl- his big time play percentage was like bananas.
2: Yeah, that's that's that is the alluring thing with him is that like very much like I said with Anthony Richardson last year is like man, the numbers don't always look great for him, but like God, man, sometimes he makes those throws are just like fucking insane. It's like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a human being should be able to do that. so that's that's
1: where the allure is, yeah, now I'm just digging into where Drake man went to high school. don't mind me, yeah, yeah that's not um oh, he's gonna, gonna be free, cool. he's probably gonna be your future
2: quarterback, so.
1: Well, he's a Charlotte kid. Went to Fort, uh, Myers Park high school. So Omar Gaither went there too. So, you know, good crop of dudes. Um, all right, fellas, what do you say? Let's wrap it up. All right. Um, Gato, give me your asshole.
0: Um, I don't have one this week. I've been kind of far fetched from everything. Um, so uh, I guess it might be me. I don't know. Yeah,
1: that's you're definitely you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Q, who you got?
2: I also don't really have one, but I did want to talk about, um, like just kind of touch upon, I am might be the asshole in a, in a couple months. A
1: thousand um, Because
2: I'm buying into this Knicks hype. The New York Knicks. Oh, no, I bought into this too, so I'm an asshole. They, they actually <laughs> look like a team. Leon Rose may, pulled off that amazing trade today, so – I do this to myself every year. I believe in the Knicks and they fuck me. So like, I'm still waiting for me to be, to be the giant asshole. And it's Charlie Brown with the football. But I I believe in the New York Knicks. I think they're going to be a top seed in the East. I think they're going to be a team that no one wants to face in the playoffs. So I'm buying the New York Knicks hype.
1: Did you hear what um, Kendrick Perkins said about the Knicks? <laughs> no. He said that they're they are deeper than the Pacific Ocean. And everyone needs a life jacket, including the Celtics. Listen, I am they, ready to be hurt. I they, am ready to be emotionally damaged by by May.
2: OJ OJ and Anubi being out is gonna suck for a little bit. But if he's back and healthy by playoffs, um, from a defensive standpoint, no one can touch them. And now you're adding Bogdanovich in like who's probably gonna be off the bench. Like I, I don't know if he's gonna start, but even if he does, like whatever, just upgrading, right? Like you're getting a guy who's a sharpshooter from three. The, defensively, they are just so multiple, and getting Alec Burks, who's gonna be coming off the bench, like kind of replace that quick quickly role of like that spark plug that coming off the bench. I mean, the only there's only one man that can stop the New York Knicks, and it's not this, it's not Jalen Brown, it's not Jason Tatum. It's not fucking Giannis. It's I Julius know who Randall.
1: it is. <laughs> oh, go ahead. It's Tom Thibodeau.
2: <laughs> Close. It's Julius Randle. Um, yeah. because he has been the guy who's kind of blown up in the in the playoffs. So if if Julius is locked in and if he comes back healthy and is like ready to go, one through twelve, I mean one through eleven, they're like they're they can match anybody in the East. Like, there's really not a ton of teams in the East. The Celtics have been kind of up and down too. Um, so like I honestly think they could be the team that walks out of the East. Now, do they beat the team out of the West? That's a different story. But like, wouldn't would it sh- like Tom, would it shock you if the Knicks are in the NBA finals this year?
1: I think everything is lining up pretty well for them. Because- yeah. Because and and Gatto has just logged off to start throwing shit. Um the the Bucks firing Adrian Griffin and hiring Doc oh, Rivers. Going with Doc. Masterclass in stupidity. It's fucking stupid shit. Um and somehow he's the coach of the All-Star team for the East. I don't understand it. Like that team has not played well. First round I, like and honestly though, like they have no reason to like win the regular season because like their aspirations are for a championship, and we've seen teams that have won championships and are consistently going to the playoffs. They kind of like float their way through the regular season because seeding yeah. really doesn't matter. Um, if Embiid is out for an extended period of time, uh, their ship is sunk. If I mean, even
2: even, but I I would say even if he does come back, like they did not get better. Uh, no, they traded. They, they traded. Um. That I can't remember his name. They they made a trade today. They traded that defensive specialist that they have. Fucking they traded him to the Celtics too, which was so stupid. Um, what was the trade? I'm looking it up right now. Um uh, Dan, uh Daniel House, I think no Jaden Springer, excuse me. They traded Jaden yeah. Springer who locked down Steph the other day. Now Steph Curry, by the way, has nine threes uh today. So like they, they had a like a defensive stopper and they traded him. I think traded bad Pat Bev too. Um they made a bunch of weird moves today. Um so I, I don't I don't really think the Sixers are much of a team to be really concerned about. Uh the Cavs, I'm waiting for that team to fall apart. And they don't like, scare they, me. They don't scare me at all. The Celtics I think from a mental standpoint, they make you nervous because, like, you know, the Knicks haven't really been able to get over that hump with the Celtics. But, like, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, they are very fluky players. And without Porzingis, Porzingis is kind of the glue for that team. Mm. Without Porzingis, like, they have not been the most consistent bunch. But, like, if the Knicks end up with the two-seed, I think they first round, they would probably walk away with the magic. If they if, like everything kind of works out the way it is, and like that's going to be an easy verse round, so like yeah, I think, I think there's a real shot that like they could have a pretty easy path to the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: I want to say too, the East is like insanely forgettable once you start looking at like the yeah. bottom two teams in each division. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, can so- can the Knicks match with the Timberwolves or the Nuggets or the Thunder if they get to the NBA Finals? I don't know. I'm skeptical, but. I don't know either, but I think that there's enough experience on the Knicks teams compared to like a Timberwolves yeah. team where they're still pretty young. Yeah. And like Cat has been in the league forever, but he's still I don't think that's his team anymore. No. It's Ant-Man's. Yeah. Um, I'm they're gonna be my pick of the week too. I I'm super jazzed that uh no pun intended, I'm super jazzed that the Knicks are actually making smart moves again. Like, yeah. Instead of just trading for guys and blowing through draft picks and shit like that, like they've actually been able to pick up good players. I think it's going to be really interesting when all of these guys start to come back being healthy. And what you were saying earlier, like how do they construct a lineup that everyone gets to, to eat But I think they've got a nice group of guys, especially with what's going to happen with Julius Randle. Like he really needs to just be the defensive stopper for this team. Like if you can just convince him, like, dude, I don't need you to shoot anymore. Like we need you to just get rebounds and blocks and play good defense. I think that's the concern, right? Is, um,
2: is that like Tom Thibodeau typically will have a very short, uh, short like lineup. And he's like, he's not one to expand his bench. So I think there's a concern that even in the playoffs, like if Randall goes cold, he's going to stick with him and won't like jump to like, you know, even going to like um, Precious or, or whoever,
1: you know, to replace him. Um, I, I think if they minimize Precious's minutes, it's a huge mistake. Because he's played so well. Yeah, his his, his his
2: rebounding has
1: been really, really good. Um,
2: but I mean, like, you know, I, I, you know, tonight he's already got nine, he's got nine rebounds to half, uh, mainly because they got a skeleton crew going today. Brunson's out. Um, but like the fact that they're even like keeping it within, you know, 10 points, um, <laughs> is pretty impressive.
1: So, all right. Well, enough with this bullshit. We're going to get out of here. Um, <laughs> God, oh, you're a disgusting man. Um, that's it for us, folks. We appreciate <laughs> you you listening to our Super Bowl show with a little bit of draft talk in here as well. God, call
0: the front desk.
1: <laughs> call your mother instead call your, call your mom.
0: I'm going to call Priest first.
1: Um, We thank you all for um, sticking around <laughs> with us. Do us a favor, like us on the socials as well as Spotify and on Apple. We're on all the major streaming platforms. We're going to be focusing a little bit more on some of the sports talk moving forward. We got some big things in the works, and we're excited to share them all with you. But um, enjoy the Super Bowl. Don't get too drunk um, because it's not a national holiday on Monday, so you will have to go to work. It is a national holiday. But have fun. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the show. Give me a rhythm. Follow me.
0: We are, we are Walmart.
2: And then he says, and I'm not kidding. He goes, now clap.
0: Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live.
2: make your jokes mr jokey joke maker
0: ha <laughs> suck it jack sparrow <laughs>